Welcome to the Women in NFTs and Web3 podcast, where we highlight women in this space who are making massive moves, paving the way and leaving their legacy. I'm Caitlin Strempel, CEO of the first ever women-owned NFT marketing and design agency for women by women and your host. I'm honored to have you join me in learning from some of the greatest leaders in our industry. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review because the more traction we get, the more women we can support in helping them impact the world. If you or someone you know would be a great guest, stick around to the end and I will tell you how to get in touch and apply. Enjoy the show. Kristen Roberts is a BIPOC award-winning intellectual property attorney with over a decade of experience helping businesses protect and monetize their brands. She also helps NFT project developers strategize and protect their brands in the metaverse and beyond. Welcome, Kristen. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. This is going to be fun. I know. So excited to have you. Um, You're a badass. And I basically heard you on a Twitter space and I was like, please be a guest on my podcast. (laughs) So I'm really excited you're here. Before we hop into your story and all things Web3, we're going to start off with some icebreakers. Okay. So the first one is a sister spotlight. Who in this Web3 space do you want to give a shout out to? So I actually really love uh, Lady Phoenix. I've been following her on Twitter. I'm not sure if you've heard of Lady Phoenix, but she's a uh, Black crypto art advisor. Um, I definitely think we need more BIPOC um, women and gender nonconforming people in this space. Um, and she's also the founder of the Museum of Digital uh, Diaspora that's located in the CryptoPixels metaverse. Um, so I was pretty excited about her. I follow her Twitter um, Twitter feed. And then also a quick two quick little shout outs because there's a project I'm invested in called the 8.1 Uncaged. Um, Tiger Alias One and Gradients NFT are two of the founders and they're both women, obviously not doxxed. So, um, but, but I, I really love all their work and, um, what they've done and I'm invested in it nails. I'm about to get, I'm about to mint sunny and I'm whitelisted for that project. So, or, um, allow listed. I don't really like to use the term whitelisted. It's kind of like, but you know, most people still kind of go with whatever it sort of starts with the bros and the bros kind of develop the language and then everybody kind of picks it up and then makes it their own. So I definitely am trying to shift away from that, that terminology to allow list. Um, but, you know, so many people know it as, you know, WL whitelisted. And so it kind of, it's one of those things that I think we need to work to kind of shift away from a little bit. To make I it love that. Like pre-sale list, gold list, what yeah, I mean, allow anything. list, fine. Anything, anything else. else. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. And I cannot wait to follow these people. I'm excited to check them out. So exciting. All right. So, so do you have a morning routine? Um. Right. So I have a three-year-old. So <laughs> I hear that my morning routine right now is like survive and just like get out the door on time. But, um, for the most yeah. part, it's like, get up in the morning. We normally are up by six. I have like a little kitty bed at the bottom of, at like the foot of our king size bed. Cause we're trying to like get our daughter to learn to sleep alone. <laughs> Oh my gosh. We are, my son is five. He starts off in his room, but always yes. ends up in her bed. That is exactly how, um, it was with my kid as well. Um, and we tried, you know, so we always start them up in the, in her bed upstairs and then she inevitably comes down to our bedroom in the middle of the night and wants to sleep with us. 
So my cousin who has three uh, kids, she's like, listen, try putting a little mattress. So at least it's kind of like a gentle transition. Um, so we did that and now she's at least sleeping alone, but like in our room, <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> but it's usually wake up at six. We're up by six in the morning. Um, cause our kid also doesn't sleep. Uh, and then it's, you know, shower food, breakfast. Um, my husband's usually the one that cooks breakfast and gets her lunch ready to go to school. Um, my kids in preschool, uh, I'm getting us ready. So me ready for the day, Billy, my, my kid's name is Billy, um, Billy ready for the day. And then we eat and then we get our stuff together and then we leave. And then my husband leaves. Um, <laughs> I take the kid to school, drop them off. Um, and then I drive to my office where I'm usually in by eight 30. And then it's a, usually a team meeting depending on the day. Uh, Cause I run a law firm. So, yeah. and there are, there are more than I have a uh, four employees. So, um, you know, it's more than just myself. And so I always like to make sure everybody has a handle on what they need to get done. And then it's meetings and work and sometimes some content creation. And depending on what I have on calendar that day, maybe some uh, dispute resolution calls with opposing councils and. Oh, Hey, all the things. And so morning is morning is mostly just getting us out the door. (laughs) Yeah. So I used to be like the meditator in the morning and I would like sit and have my coffee and I would exercise. I used to go, I was used to the I used to be the like five o'clock in the morning gym person. Yes. And now I'm like the, whenever I can get it in person. <laughs> I feel you so much. Like this is like, you literally just said my exact life now, exact life, what it used to be. Um, but it's so funny because I used to be the meditator too. Now we're just trying to survive in the morning. Um, but I actually, I had a call, like, I think just like an hour ago before this with this um, nutrition slash health coach, life coach. And she was like, you just need, she's like, just, you know, you work from home, just drop, drop your kid off from school, come back and just commit to 10 minutes walking outside. So starting today, I've committed to do that every day in March to go on a walk for 10 minutes. So I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I I definitely think fitness um, doesn't need to be hard and it can fit into your, your lifestyle um, because, you know, it is important as business owners that we take care of ourselves because if we don't, um, especially if we're moms too, right? Because if we don't take care of ourselves, then we don't have enough to give to those around us. And so we don't show up as our full best selves when we are, you know, running on fumes. I totally feel that and totally agree with that. I love that. Uh, what is your favorite affirmation or quote? Um, I, <clears throat> it's kind of a silly one. But it's one that I, that's really stuck with me. Um, And it's actually, you can have it three ways. You can have it cheap. You can have it fast and you can have it good. Now pick two because you can't have all three. So um, I usually say that to people that are like, well, especially people that are thinking about hiring my law firm to do work for them. It's, you know, oh, well, I need this done tomorrow. Oh, but, uh, you know, I can get it cheaper over here. Oh, and I want it to be the best work ever. And I'm like, you know, it's not really (laughs) I think occasions versus reality, right? Yeah, totally. I've seen a diagram of that. And I'm, I mean, that is, could not be more true. Yeah. I don't know if it's like an affirmation really, because it's, it's not really like super helpful, but I also, I always say causes lead to effects um, that I've heard as well. So I kind of, I like to repeat that to myself also. Um, I'm in a mindset program for this whole year. And so they're giving us lots of little like good nuggets um, it's like a money, a money mindset program and, um, teaching you about, you know, as your business grows and scales, 
um, you inevitably run into different issues and you wind up realizing that a lot of people around you that aren't in similar situations as you are, don't really know how to talk to you or relate to you anymore. And so you find yourself becoming increasingly isolated, particularly as your business starts to scale and do better. Um, And so I've really found this program to be incredibly helpful and eye-opening. So, um, you know, we are reading like, you know, the four agreements and, you know, there's, there's certain things that's, that's a little bit more woo-woo than I (laughs) typically ascribe to, but um, it's good for me. It's good for me. I'm all about Mm -hmm. the woo and money mindset. I think that is so important, especially as I mean, there's so many women and people coming in this space and all of a sudden they launch and they have a ton of money or they have a ton of blocks around money. It's crazy what pops up. Like once, you know, you start doing the work and getting in there and. Absolutely. And even, and that happens often, right? So like, you'll see a project pop off and it sells out, right? And now they have this huge chunk of money and it can really mess with their minds. And it can also cause them to go in too many different directions, right? Making a lot of money off of a mint doesn't necessarily mean you have good business acumen, doesn't necessarily mean you know how to spend that money and how to apply it in the right way that will continue to make you money, right? So we see a lot of people flopping and failing, or I don't want to say failing, it's it's really an opportunity, um, but people, especially women, when they're told you can't do this, this isn't for you, this space isn't for you, when they see that happen and it does really well, and then they don't see their next projects do as well, or they don't invest the way they, you know, anticipated they would, um, and things go south, they can really, women in particular, we can really take that onto ourselves and use that as a judgment of us as people. And it kind of causes us to stay in that cycle of, of negative energy, right. And, um, oh my gosh, catabolic energy. So work on your mindset now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's important, you know, especially if, especially when these projects are, um, you know, you're never guaranteed, right. To sell out a project, but it, why have the mindset of, oh, this is what's going to go wrong. Right. It's really good to focus on what's going right and, and to continue to improve on those things. Right. So yes, you want to be aware of where some gaps might be. Maybe you've got roadmap issues. Maybe you've got discord problems, but it, it these are not failings and they're not judgments of you as a person. They're opportunities to improve and continue yes. to grow. Yes. And bounce back ability too. Like if something goes wrong, like be, to be able to get back up and keep going, I think is so important in this space. Oh my gosh. hundred so percent. Yeah. So let's talk more about you and how you got into the space and what really attracted you to web three. It was kind of accidental actually. So I'm an, <laughs> it really was. I feel like I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah, it really was. I, and you do, I know I've heard, I've heard your past episodes and I feel like a lot of us are like, I kind of just like, haphazardly wandered into it. And I'm like, Oh, what's this? Right. Uh, so I, um, joined, I want to say last, you know, last year I was actually working. I, so I own a law firm, right. Uh, Trussell law APC we're here in San Diego, but we do branding and licensing. We basically help our clients make money off of their brands, um, and protect their brands as well. So we work nationally and internationally. Uh, we run, you know, all kinds of portfolios for people. We monitor them, register marks, all kinds of stuff. Um, so obviously when NFTs, you know, when I first heard about NFTs was actually like a couple of years ago when they were first kind of, you know, crypto kitties, all of that. So I was keeping my eye on it because I'm going, oh, this is interesting. Like what's going to happen with the copyright? What's going to happen? So as a yeah. lawyer, I was like, oh, 
this is interesting. But I did what a lot of other attorneys did, which was wrote it off. I was like, oh, this is a fad. It's not that, you know, whatever. So it wasn't until 2021 that I started to look into it. And the only reason I started to look into it was because I decided to join Discord. I was like, I need to figure out what's going on in this Discord <laughs> space. What's going, you know, what is this? So yeah, I joined and I didn't, what, nobody told me, right? So I joined Discord and I was like, what am I looking at? <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, I'm like the first place to jump into. I'm like, whoa, that would have been like so stressful for me. Good for you though. Yeah, I just joined and signed up and I was like, how do I find servers? Like, how do I do this? I don't know what I'm doing. So I just, I was like, well, the best way to look into it is probably to just go to like a blue chip project that has been around for a while. And I was like, what's that? And I was like, Oh, board apes. I'd heard of them and I'd heard of crypto punks. And so I was like, Oh, I'll join those servers. So I joined those servers and I just started to listen and see what people were talking about, but it was overwhelmingly men. <laughs> yeah. <Surprise>. Um, <laughs> and, and it was, it wasn't very welcoming. Um, and so very quickly, I didn't feel, and I don't think, I don't, I don't want to put intention behind it. I don't want to say yeah. they were intentionally unwelcoming. It's just one of those places where you're expected to kind of know. And if you don't, you can get to get targeted for scams. You know, you get, I mean, I was the person that didn't turn off my disc, my, uh, private messages. I had none of this information. I wasn't yeah. like, I wasn't told, you know, turn off your direct messages or turn off your ability to receive messages, turn off this, you know, none of that. I was just like getting all these weird messages, like, Oh, this is interesting. <laughs> like all this scammy stuff. Oh my um, gosh. so the first project that I heard about was actually through a discord server. I think it was crypto punks. Okay. They were talking about wizards and dragons. And so I was really interested in the gaming aspects because the play to earn, um, capacity, uh, in game sort of functionality, I'm really into utility. So I, I was like, this is really cool. So I heard about Wizards and Dragons and at the time they were uh, just starting to mint. So we bought secondary on OpenSea. I, I, nice. was, I told my husband, I was like, hey, look at this project. I want to do this. And he was like, oh, I want to do this too. <laughs> so we both kind of got into it like because I told him, I was like, this is the one I want to buy. And he was like, well, I want to buy one too. And, oh then, and then he got really into it and got welcomed super fast into all these communities. And meanwhile, I'm kind of like, la, 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 like, Hey, I told you, wow. and you know, and I'm feeling like this kind of outcast and outsider. And, and then, um, and then I started finding more women run spaces and that's when I, you know, met you and started joining, looking in the NFT Twitter space, looking for people that were like me or related to me, or were doing similar things. And so that's how I um, found more of these women-run, women-led projects. And then I found BFF after that. Um, you know, fast forward to investing. I actually heard about BFF originally through the 8.1 uh, Discord server. Um, so, because I have a nails through that. And if I'm not mistaken, I actually think that two of the women founders are, are either advisors or in some way related to BFF. And so there is, uh, th there was some of that going, there was some of that chatter going on. So that's where I heard about their launch. And then I kind of, it's sort of, you start to kind of branch, right? So okay, you start so to yes. like get into one and then you hear things about other things and you start to do your research and you're like, oh, this, this is also legitimate. And then you kind of turn to this other project and, oh, this one's also legitimate. And you kind of start to grow your network that way. Um, I'm but, glad you yeah. broke that down because one of the biggest questions I get is, 
How do I know what Twitter spaces to get in? How do I know what projects to get into? And you literally broke it down beautifully. Cause I'm always like, I don't know. You just kind of go down the rabbit hole, <laughs> you know, yeah. literally finding the one person that you trust going to find them on Twitter, going to see who they follow, what discords they're in, if they have a discord and it, it really does just kind of like branch out until you can figure yeah. out, okay, I want to be here. I'll like let, you know, cut ties with, with these discords. Like I don't need all the discords or, you know, you start realizing the types of projects that you like, mm-hmm. um, what's scammy, what's not scammy. Um, and yeah, if, yeah <laughs> if anybody's listening who is just now getting NFTs, um, Kristen brought up a good point to turn off your DMs in Discord. Uh, those are usually never good <laughs> and you never want no. to put those links. No, and, and it's funny because I, um, <clears throat> it's, I'm actually running a program, a three-week program right now that teaches people how to get into NFTs. Um, and it's mostly women in the group, which is awesome. It's called NFTs for noobs. So I've been, um, we're in our fourth lesson was today. So we have the last two lessons we're covering scams and then buying. But I always say, you know, we get a lot of people, I get a lot of people coming to me saying they want to launch a project Uh and I'm like, okay, well for what? And they're like, well, I just, you know, I want to turn this into an NFT and I'm like, okay, for what? Right. So like for what, what, what's the plan for it? Are you just going to sell it? Are you, is it art? Is it clout? Is it, what is it? Right. So I think a lot of people, one of the biggest misconceptions about NFTs is that you just create it and it automatically sells out because you hear these stories, right? You hear these stories about the 13 year old in wherever selling out, you know, just throwing stuff up and selling it out and, you know, making a million dollars. It's similar to somebody saying I was discovered on YouTube as a singer, right? I mean, it just, there's so much volume right now that it's really kind of not accurate to not go in with a plan. And so my approach in teaching people the ins and outs of buying isn't to get them to buy and to flip and do all of that, but it's to get them to understand how to evaluate a roadmap, how to see what good projects are doing, how to see how discords are set up so they can really understand what goes in to launching a project because launching a project is not a small undertaking and like running a discord server for a full, for a big launch project is a full-time job. Yeah, it is. That is, that's amazing. I mean, I feel like NFTs for noobs, like that is also for not noobs because I'm like, (laughs) I can actually use that. I need to know all these things. Yeah. So uh, I love that you have that program and it's our alpha group right now. And we'll be probably rolling it out for um, a more, uh, you know, like a wider launch uh, once we kind of do our last class next Wednesday. And then we're going to start to do the recordings and all of that. So it'll be available for, you know, evergreen purchase and that kind of stuff. That was my next question. So I'm glad you answered that, what your plans were for that. Um, So I'd love to know, like, what common themes are you seeing in the space in regard, you know, from a legal perspective of what people really are either asking you for or what they don't know that they need, but they really need. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So one thing that I'm seeing a lot of right now are more robust terms and conditions Mm. um, on the actual websites themselves for the projects. I'm also seeing um, more robust licensing language. So and commercialization language in those terms and conditions. So when you go in and you buy the art, a lot of people want to know, well, what can I do with this? Am I allowed to commercialize it myself? Am I allowed to create derivative projects? Do I own the underlying art? And what a lot of people are doing is stepping away from that just straight creative commons license. And they're really trying to create their own um, ownership language. Now, I think the real question 
for most legal practitioners is, well, how are we going to enforce those, right? So if, if we see somebody, you know, one of them, for example, says, you agree that when you commercialize it, you won't use it for anything that is, you know, racist or xenophobic or anything like that. But if somebody does that, how do you enforce it? Do you, is it programmed into the smart contract? I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm not seeing that. So what I really think is going to happen is having a strong legal counsel is going to be really important for these project developers and these projects, but also having that legal counsel work closely with the developer, um, the person that's programming the smart contract so that they can add in and understand what those smart contracts do. So I think lawyers are going to have to kind of step up their games uh, to some degree, at least until the AI gets better, right? So we are we are getting to a point where AI is starting to become uh, <clears throat> more natural language uh, geared. Okay. So at some point, you know, I do think that that gap between what computers and humans can do is going to get so close that it, it might be, you know, no difference. So at some point we might be able to say, hey, computer, program my smart contract to do this and this and all of this, you know, all of the royalties go here and all this. So, but right now we're still kind of limited by code. And so there is some nuance there. And I definitely think we're going to see more litigation over, you know, what happens in these smart contracts. So that's something on the horizon to kind of look out for. So I do think it's important, um, you know, when building your team, your NFT team, your, you know, your development team, to think about legal counsel and to find legal counsel who understands the, the idea and the concept and not just wanting to live in these like strict legal language boxes because you are going to have to kind of step outside a little bit because the law hasn't really been invented in this space yet. That's a crazy. And just in regards to legal advice, like, or, you know, counsel, I mean, you just said so many things. I'm like, I didn't even think about that part of it. I was thinking more of like, you know, do you need a trademark, you know, your collection name or things like that? Yeah. So deep. It does. And yes, you do. Right. <laughs> so that you do need, uh, it, it's a good idea to have a trademark, but the question becomes, um, you know, with trademarks, it's all about use and commerce, especially here in the U S so what constitutes commerce, right? So is it technically being used here in the US if the project developers overseas and they're launching it oh. on a platform? And if so, are we launching it worldwide? And if that if it constitutes worldwide use, you may want to consider a broader uh, trademark branding strategy that goes outside of the United States because there are other countries that are big into NFTs too, and they have their own trademark rules and regulations as well. So it's more of a strategy um, and deciding, okay, well, where are we going to launch first? Um, where do we want to protect this branding first, right? Where's our presence? And so that kind of comes down to evaluating, well, what kind of, are you an entity? Are you a DAO? Um, how is that going to work? You know, who's going to own it? Um, where are you launching? Where is the majority of your marketing stemming from? Uh, who is the, who is your, who are your consumers, your ideal clients? Are they coming from the U.S. mostly or are they other places, right? So these kinds of things should be evaluated before you just go, oh, I'm going to file a trademark here in the United States because if all of your buyers are in China because they recently lifted the ban on NFT, right? So they had the ban on crypto, but yeah. NFTs were, were made an exception, right? Oh, and I so, know that. That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah, and so we're seeing kind of this flood of, um, of people in the, in the Asian markets kind of starting to come back up again with respect to NFTs. So you have to kind of ask yourself, well, where are my buyers? Yeah. Right. Where, where are the people, where are the majority of the people coming from that are interested in my project? And if it's the U S 
then that's probably a good place to start. Um, if you know it's the U.S. and other places, you could consider a Madrid protocol filing. So you can file here in the U.S. and then file an additional application that extends protection to other countries. That can be very expensive, and that can also be a good strategy just depending on what other countries you're looking at. So it does really take um, more than just, I want to file a trademark, I want to do this, I want to do that. You really do need good legal counsel to kind of help drive you in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, based on of what we've all talked about and just what you've just said now, it's like, these need to be treated, treated like a business. Like you wouldn't hopefully never start a business with no legal protection, you know? So it's getting in there and making sure that you have all eyes on your business, especially legal eyes, just for the things that you don't even think about. I mean, well, and then you also wonder, right? So a lot of these projects are comprised of multiple people. And those multiple people get get paid out based on how the project does, right? So the project does well, people decide, hey, it's all built into the smart contract. We don't have to worry about it. You get this, you get that, you get this, you get that. Yeah. Great. But when, the, when you're talking about trademark and branding, you're stuck in the legal world that we have right now. And it doesn't say, you, right now, smart contracts don't say you own 25% of the trademark, you own 10% of the trademark usually those types of ownership agreements over intellectual property are either done through an agreement or you have some kind of business entity that's holding the intellectual property that makes it clear based on the business who owns what, right? So um, that's also important. So if you are, you know, being asked and you're brought onto a project, like I, like we should be bringing on legal counsel then too, right? To making sure that you're viewing. Yeah, ideally. And you want to interview legal counsel, right? So I would recommend interviewing multiple attorneys. This is some tips. Because most lawyers, um, you know, most attorneys, I'm not saying all, some are now more starting to charge for their certain, their consults, initial consultations, but I still offer a free 15 minutes. Um, It's a good idea to talk to as many as you can, because you want to make sure you vibe with your lawyer. You're creating a relationship with somebody just like you wouldn't get you wouldn't hire just any de- the first developer you talk with. You you likely want to interview multiple developers um, to make sure that they're really invested in the project that you're working on, right? Same goes for the lawyers that you're working with. If they don't see the vision, if you hire an attorney who doesn't believe in this technology and who thinks this technology is bad or only open for scams and only about laundering money, you're likely going to get very different legal counsel than from somebody who is invested in the technology and understands it and, and works with it right? Personally. So I would say, you know, and finding those lawyers is hard because lawyers as a profession, we tend to be the poo-pooers, right? And even still, like, even still, I I am, I am that person too, because we're all about risk assessment. So our job is to tell you what the risks are, right? Like these are the risks. This is what we don't know. And lawyers don't really like to admit that they don't know things. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. And that's such great advice. So if you legal advice, no. le- yeah, exactly. <laughs> not legal and not, not legal advice, <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> um, that's, that's hilarious. Um, good to know too. Um, also what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So what advice do you have for women, new women getting into this space? I would say, um, start slow and don't let FOMO drag you along. 
Mm. Um, because, you know, when you FOMO into a project, you wind up, you, you just are opening yourself up to problems, right? Um, there will always be another project. Mm-hmm. There will always be another project, right? So if you miss this one, um, like for example, I, uh, I missed the opportunity to get, um, allow listed for, uh, nineties babes. And I was like really bummed because I, I, I had it on my calendar to do it, you know, to get involved and to like do the thing. And I was like, and, and I just didn't have time and I wasn't, you know, in the right place. And now I'm like, oh, do I just like rush to do it? What do I do? Am I going to be battling bots to, you yeah. know, on the public buy and all of that. And so, um, so I'm not, I'm going to take my time. Right. Am I bummed? Yes. But I'm also going to look at secondary. I'm going to see what happens after it rolls out. I'm going to see where things shake out. I want to yeah. see kind of how things go. Um, and will I have, I, you know, I missed out on world of women too. Um, and I saw that one too. And I was like, Ooh, that one's cool. And then I was like, Oh, you know, I'll wait. And then I'm like, now I can't buy oh my gosh, I the market. <laughs> so funny. So that's actually, I try to get into them too. And I was having the hardest time for some reason with my bank, my bank wasn't accepting it. And I was like, all right, I'll call. I just need to call them. And I just like, just slapped on it. And yeah. Dang it. Why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. But you never, I think that you can get an idea of what is going on. You know, you can sort of sense something's going to pop. Um, but at the end of the day, like nobody knows for sure. Right. Yeah. So you can't, there's no guarantees in this. So I really suggest that if you are getting involved, get involved because you love it, get yeah. involved in a project because you're really interested and invested in in whatever it is that they're offering. Mm -hmm. If it's the art, get involved for the art. If it's the utility, get involved for the utility because you really love it. And if something winds up happening where the value drops, you're not going to feel like you wasted your money because it was something that you really liked. And I think that's a really important lesson to learn about value because so much of what we decide has value is fed to us. Yes. Right. So yeah, Um, that's how web three is a little bit different in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, It puts that sort of ownership back into our hands and it's like, what do you like? And I think it puts a lot of people off because it's like, what do you mean? What do I like? I don't know. I don't know what I like. Can't you just tell me, just tell me, just tell me. That's what I get from people. Just tell me, tell me what to do. Tell me what to buy. I'm like, that is not the point of this. I get that too. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think it's really important if you're getting involved figure out what you like, don't FOMO in mm-hmm. and, and pick something that really sparks your interest that really speaks to you and you won't go wrong. I totally agree with that. Uh, I was talking to somebody the other day and I was like, okay, if this project failed, like, would you, well, are you still going to be happy that you have this? And they were like, yes. And I was like, all right, well then there you go. And it's a worthy investment, right? So yeah. no one can tell you what is valuable right? You can, value is based off of what other people say and what you like. And, but at the end of the day, it's what you like. If you like something and you love it and you're invested in it, it's valuable to you. Yes, it is. Oh my gosh. I feel like that was so good. I'm like, I want to leave it on that end note because that was such a high note, but before we go, where can everybody find you on socials and all that good stuff? Yes. So I am on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, um, at Trestle Law, T-R-E-S-T-L-E-L-A-W. Um, and then I also am tagged my personal Instagram page is also tagged through my business page. Uh, and that's my law firm. So trestlelaw.com. 
um, and the uh, link to purchase the NFTs for Noobs program. It's actually, you can still jump in now if you want to join live. It's Monday and Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, it's $297 and it's probably the last time we're going to offer it at that price point. That All is- of the recordings are available too yes, for you to that's watch. Amazing. All yeah. right. Well, thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you. This was awesome. So awesome. Caitlin here. Thank you so much for listening to the Women in NFTs and Web3 podcast. If you're a woman pioneering the way in the NFT, Web3, or crypto space, I want to share your message. Check out www.metamintmarketing.io slash win, W-I-N. And let's see if you're a great fit. If you got something out of this interview, I would love for you to share it with your network. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your social channels. If you know someone that would be a great guest, make sure to tag them to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Women in NFTs podcast. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and truly mean a lot to my incredible guests and me. Want to stay in our world? Go to our website, metamintmarketing.io, or follow me on Twitter at NFTCaitlin, C-A-I-T-L-I-N. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.